0: Hello and welcome to Logistics Executive TV. I'm Cassandra Lee, the Global Managing Partner for our HR and Executive Search Practices. Today, I'm joined by Maria Pantaloni, who is the CEO of Infinite Growth. Now, Infinite Growth is a business specialised on communication. So a vast range of areas really focused on helping people develop their communication skills, being aware and being very mindful of how they're actually communicating with others and what people need to be doing. Maria, thanks for joining us today Logistics Executive TV.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Cassandra.
0: Now, Maria, give us a bit more of a heads up. Infinite growth, what's the full spectrum of what the business is doing? We've certainly seen you had a stellar career and being a thought leader in this area and a published author, I might add. So fill us in on what uh, Infinite Growth is doing and how you're going about that.
1: So as you said, I or we specialise in the areas of communication skills. Now, communication skills, broad spectrum, can be anything from getting up and speaking to a group, talking to team members, writing emails, being in meetings when you're chairing a meeting, being able to persuade and influence others, demonstrating empathy, listening skills, which is something people forget that's part of communicating, isn't it? you need to be able to listen to hear what the other the messages that's being said so we work in all of those different areas and help the individual or the business depending on who we're working with at the time to develop specifically the areas that they need development in so a lot of the programs are tailored to the needs although we work on foundation skills like any great sport sporting team they always come back to foundation skills. And that's what I st- that what's, That's what we start with. We start with the foundation skills and then we do a deep dive into the specific areas that are required by either the individual that I'm working with or the teams that we're working with.
0: And what would some of those foundation skills be that run the whole gauntlet of who you're dealing with?
1: Well, understanding the audience, who you're communicating with. Are they your team members? Are they your clients? What is it that they expect from you? What do they need to know from you? What level of understanding do they have of the topic that you're covering with them, whether you're speaking to them or whether you're writing to them? Are you If you're writing, are you writing in such a way that will make them understand what your message is? Quite often people get so caught up in their jargon of their industry. And I work with so many different industries that, you know, an acronym in one area can mean something totally different in another. And I could I was I remember one time I was running a workshop and someone was saying something about, you know, this is the area that I'm working in, blah, blah, blah. And all the acronyms that came flying at me and I just went, and everyone else in the room understood because they were all in the same industry, all in the same business area. And I just went, well, if you're writing to someone outside of your the organization, they understand what you've just said? No. And so that's where we go back to fundamentals, keeping it clear, cl- keeping it understandable to the audience, thinking about them at all times, they're the key to your message. If you want your message heard, you need to be able to express yourself in such a way that it's clear and concise.
0: So, so critical and, uh, you know, I think the longer you've been in business and then the more international you are in, you know, what you're actually dealing with on a context, you then start to see how broad people's concepts and understanding of what communication skills truly is and the fact that, unfortunately, when some people get into more senior levels, They're very good in certain elements from one particular perspective, and that might be public speaking or sending Mm a message, but the skills in other areas seem to diminish. So if we were sort of to look at our more senior executive leaders, what would be some of the things that they need to almost refresh themselves on? at this stage of their career. And, you know, bearing in mind, some of them are also going to be transitioning and going in and actually being candidates and being interviewed. And we certainly see a lot of people who might be very accomplished leaders, but they are abysmal when it comes to having a C-level interview. So what would be some of the key things that you would sort of share for them to be just mindful of? Okay, so one
1: thing that I... See that needs to be focus, a focus area could be being able to pause because our brains just start going like crazy, especially if you're about to walk into an interview and you're used to be on the other side of the interview table, so to speak. The assumption that you'll automatically get the job because hey, I've been doing X, Y, Z, but so have all the other candidates. So, what makes you different to the rest or more suited to this role. So it's about you presenting yourself the best that you can possibly be. But, uh, sorry, and in that respect, just pausing for one moment, taking a breath, thinking about it, and then being able to share your message. Again, keeping it very simple, clear, and concise. And when I say simple, I don't mean in the sense that you're dumbing down your qualifications, dumbing down what you're saying. I mean in the sense that by keeping it simple, people can make that connection with you better.
0: I think that is such poignant advice and unfortunately most people do forget it the more senior they get. It is just a bit of a comfort zone of them being in a boardroom but being on the opposite side and they almost sort of discombobulate. (laughs) It's
1: it's very crunching. I, I was actually on an interview panel one time where we were inter, interviewing board members, and someone had walked in and just made the assumption that because we'd met them, that we would want them straight away. And the reality is, we needed to understand did their values align with the, the board's values, the organization's values, and whether they were what they could contribute in that way. So I think the alignment of values and being aware of that is very very important. That unfortunately that particular person didn't get the role because they didn't actually see they didn't seem to understand the need to have that alignment. And the skill set was there but so were other other people who came for the role also had the skill set. But then we found someone who had the alignment with the values as well. So it's really important to understand at a personal level, when you're doing, it, when you, you know, you think about it, you are the CEO of your own personal brand. With that, you need to understand where do your values stay. Uh, where are your values in alignment with what you want to be doing, and being able to communicate that well.
0: I completely concur. I think that at the well, no matter what level you're at, when you're looking at an organisation from an employment perspective, you. Have to have that values alignment because the context will change and the world that you live in is very dynamic and quite volatile. But if the values are aligned, both parties in a joint venture, which is what an employee employer relationship ultimately is, will get through it together because they want to get through it together because there is that shared values and vision. And the more senior, and particularly when it comes to board compositions, if that is not there and then because the assumption of having the actual technical skills or expertise, you're not in the room if you don't have that. The interview no. is, is those values aligned. And if you don't understand that, you've actually made just a major faux pas and the yeah. ego comes into it. And then that's when the whole thing will fall over very quickly. Delicate mm-hmm. conversation to have, particularly with senior candidates. But it's a difficult one and, and, you know, I get known for being quite blunt about it because it's the reality of the situation. It is the joint venture. You have to take emotion out of it and be clear. So it very Mm -hmm. much does come back to being clear and being concise about what that message actually is. Now, if we sort of take it back to, say, some advice for candidates who might be going through their mid-management journey. So, you know, they might be sort of as supervisors or as team leaders now, really sort of taking that interest to hone their communication skills because they are having to speak in their teams and take that leadership role. They're having to write emails. What sorts of things should they be a little bit more cognizant of now or aim to invest in so that they are really building up the how poignant their communication skills are and, and just the message that does get through to the dynamic environment that they are actually going to be working in and have the rest of their career in? It's a great
1: question, Cassandra. The a lot of the pe- I'm as you're saying these, I'm thinking of the people I've worked with over the years. So I'm going to answer it with examples if that's okay. The I, I can think of one person in particular. In fact, the senior management had recognized this particular person as a potential candidate to move up through the organization. But their communication skills. The technical schools were fabulous. They were an expert in their field, but they just couldn't communicate well with clients in writing or face-to-face. They were, I suppose, for want of a better word, shy. They didn't feel confident in themselves, and that's something they. I always ask people to think about. If you're confident in yourself, then it's amazing what opportunities open up to you. So with this particular person... They, I was engaged to work with them on their writing skills, to improve their writing skills. So we looked at, you know, who are you writing to? What is it they need to know? How can you write it in such a way? It has to be succinct because nowadays we scan read everything, don't we? And initially they struggled. So, you know, what we did was looked at everything they were doing and then focused on simple strategies to look at reviewing what they'd written was it was the information accurate was it brief was it clear if you were reading this through your reader's eyes how would they interpret your information and it was interesting to see because as we worked through different activities and worked on focused on areas where say you know certain certain words eluded them in how to spell things correctly. You know, even the smallest things like grammar. If you read an email that, you know, has grammatical errors in it and simple words like the word there, 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 or there, and used incorrectly, you automatically, and whether it's at a conscious level or unconscious level, you automatically think, oh, they don't really know what they're talking about. They can't even spell properly and it's at a, you know at the back of your mind isn't it as opposed to the person really does know what they're doing but they've misspelt because they've been in a rush or they don't really know the difference so we focused on those those details that helps to bring polish the look of what they're saying what they're writing and you know small things like if you're not sure how to use the word there you know google it or have it written there have a summary there for you there's the word there again so it was very much about developing those skills. And it got to the point that when I met with this person, they could say, oh, hold on, Maria, before you look at that, I've just noticed, I've forgotten to do, you know, they, they were able to self-critique. So, and then their confidence increased so much that in their ability to communicate in writing that, and they were an expert in their field, that the senior management then asked them to go and present to the clientele as part of a series of presentations that the organization was doing as complimentary sessions for their clientele. So this person's gone from not speaking, not being able to write properly to suddenly being asked to step up and present. So she comes back to me and says, okay, you need to help me prepare for this. Now, the interesting thing that I found from that was the confidence that she had developed in her writing skills transferred across Instead of saying no, that's too hard for me, which was what she would have said a couple of months earlier. She's gone. Oh, what a great opportunity! And now, so then we helped. I helped her prepare herself for her presentation to the group, the materials, but more importantly, herself, her mental ability, her ability to prepare herself mentally to get up there and speak. Now, the end result was. Senior management came back to me and said, oh, my goodness, that was spectacular. This person has just blossomed in her role. And from that, she's gone from supervisory to middle management and is still progressing in her roles in that organisation. So, you know, that's that feel-good feeling for me. I always I get so excited for them. Once people feel that they're confident, that they can do it, it's amazing what opportunities open up to them.
0: Yeah, and you typically do find people that um, are less confident in themselves have stronger technical skills, the ones who quite yes. often have the weaker technical skills have the confidence. So you're just trying to get that balance. It's
1: balance, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, uh,
0: just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I once read a, a quote by Emily Key that said, believe in yourself and you will be unstoppable.
0: So, so true.
1: Yes. So, and, you know, this example of this person was exactly that. She went from not wanting to talk to people, hiding away in her office to suddenly, okay, you want me to do that? I'll get up and present, no problems.
0: Amazing. And if there was sort of, you know, one or two key takeaways that, you know, to share with People, no matter where they're at on their journey, and particularly if they're working in an international environment where we have different levels of comprehension of English and cultural nuances and all those types of things, what would be that real one solid baseline foundation skill that everybody should always be self-regulating and trying to develop no matter where they're at in the world and where they're at in their career. Is there one particular thing that you recommend to everyone or maybe two or three?
1: I often say to people to ask themselves three questions. Who, why and what? And when you think about those three, again, it comes back to who are you are communicating with? is it someone from a different country is it someone from a different industry is it someone from a different department in the organisation why are you communicating with them what is the whole purpose what is it that you want them to think and do after their interaction with you and what is it that what is it that they need to know what is, what is, what are the actions that need to happen afterwards? So why are you communicating with them? Why are you the best person? And what is it that they need to be thinking and feeling or doing at the end of this communication? And asking yourself these three questions each time actually helps you to focus on the key points that you need to be delivering at any point in time, whether you're presenting to a group, whether you're speaking to your teammates, whether you're communicating with someone from a different country or different organisation. Those three questions often help you to focus on your key message at all times.
0: I couldn't agree more as uh, the headhunter side of me is very much about the who, what, where, how, why. And and that's, you know, when I'm looking at evidence of, of candidates and what they've achieved and the context and all these types of things, it, it's those five key things that need to be answered because that's what's got to be shared in the context and how you evaluate it. And, you know, you put all the, the metrics in and behind and risk mitigation as to all of that. But it, it is simple things like that that you anchor anything on. So I love that. The, the who, why, what—you um, know—I I think that's absolutely critical. So, we will certainly be able to share that, and I know our audience will find that, you know, messaging quite succinct and and very poignant for them because it just relates to everyone. No matter how much communication we're doing, we are all in stages where we need to improve it and self-regulate and just be a bit more mindful of what we're doing. I know I'm quite guilty of (laughs) thinking something and not articulating it the same way. So I certainly appreciate your insights on that, Maria. Now, for anyone who wants to be able to reach out and get in touch with you to further develop their teams or for their own personal communication skills, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Well, they can go to my website, infinitegrowth.com.au and contact me that way or email me directly at maria at infinitegrowth.com.au.
0: Brilliant. And we'll certainly tag all of um, the business and, and yourself on LinkedIn posts and, and through you know YouTube. So that way everybody can reach out directly and have all of those links. But Maria, thank you so much for your insights today. It's been re- extremely valuable. And I know our audience will really be able to resonate with the key takeaways and, and come back no matter what level of their career or personal branding journey they're actually on. Because it is certainly an area where I, I cannot stress enough how important it is for people To be mindful of their branding and the communication skills that is absolutely critical to to Mm -hmm. cementing that and, and having a solid foundation in that regard. So, again, thank you so much for joining us on Logistics Executive TV today. Thank
1: you for inviting me, Cassandra.